Gonzaga Nation SI, the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. I'm Dan Dickow, Adam Morrison, as we always have, what, two episodes a week, yep. usually 15, 20 minutes, chat on all things Gonzaga. Uh, you know, we haven't been in person for for a good bit. Our schedules haven't aligned, so it's good to sit here and and be able to to, to chat about it in person. But uh, interesting season right now. Eight and three. They just came off two wins, three wins at home. Kent State, UW, and then Northern Illinois. Uh, we don't need to recap the Kent State because that seems like, honestly, it seems like a month ago now after the Huskies and then the Huskies. Um, what are your thoughts right now after the UW and the Northern Illinois game? Well, I I was impressed with how we uh, bounced back um, from the rough start that we had against UW. We started one for 10. Um, you know, that two, three zone can be funky if you don't run, you know, your offense right. Get it. Uh, I always say you got to get penetration with the pass of, is the term I've always heard. And I think it's true. You know, obviously you got to punch gaps again against the zone, against the dribble. But if you can make uh, passes that collapse the zone, you'll get whatever you want. And to start the game, we obviously didn't do that. We had three, it was a three offensive fouls in the, yeah. in the transition. Yeah. So that took us out of sorts, which you understand. I think one was bad on Anton, and then the other one was legit, but I think the first one was bad. Um, but I, I was impressed with how we broke that defense down eventually, and then we shot, um, I think it was 51% on the game. So then from a one, one for 10 start, like yeah. we probably shot it around 60 or 55 throughout. Um, so uh, it, was, it was interesting because... I thought there'd be a little bit more juice for that game in the building. And it was kind of like where we had to create our own energy a little bit. Um, but I was impressed with how they bounced back from a poor start, didn't freak out and then started getting wide open shots and making them. Yeah, that, that was, I made this comment on air last night uh, with, with Fox and, and Heister that first four or five minutes against UW, that is the worst stretch I can think of for a Gonzaga team in yeah. a long time. Yeah, no, it was bad. The The crowd was great and then to start the game. And then that stretch that we just chatted about kind of took all the energy out of the building, like you mentioned. And there was no energy last night. No. And rightfully so for the students. It's finals week. And Ken Palm had, I think, Northern Illinois 308. Yeah. And it's one of those things where as a young player – which a lot of these guys still are, or as a very accomplished player like Drew Timmy, you tend to look at the scouting report and not necessarily buy into everything. Mm -hmm. I, at least I look back at some of you know games in my career like, oh, we're going to win by 40. It wasn't the case last night when you played the the, the team out of the MAC. But yeah. when, when you look at a game like that, what was your biggest uh, challenges? Was it the scouting report at hand was it listening to what the coaching staff is wanting to you you guys as the Gonzaga team to do what what was the biggest challenge in those games uh to be, be frank and this is not just to to make myself sound better but i never looked at a game and just be like oh we're going to win by 30 these guys suck yeah you know what i'm saying like and and when we were there we were always kind of the we weren't as established as a group like this or the teams before True. So we never really had that, and we never blew people out by forty. I mean, I don't remember a game where we won yeah, I think by we forty. Had one. That's what I'm saying. Like we were always up by fifteen, and then twenty was a blowout for us. And now it's kind of commonplace for Gonzaga. If you look at just some of the lines that come across before the game, you're like thirty-two. Like holy shit, you know, it's yeah. crazy. 
Um, so I never dealt with that, but I can see how this team and the teams before, you know, I'm talking five years, you know, with Kispert's and, you know, all the pro guys, those teams that were winning by 40, scoring 100 points a game or 95 a game, how they could fall into that trap. Our staff was good. Leon Rice would always do weird things where he would. <laughs> I can only imagine. Well, it was good stuff. He would get, he would put like uh, press clippings on your, you know, on the, in the locker room on your chair. And it'd be, he would, you know, from the whatever times of the, the place where we're playing. And then he'd like, this guy said this. And then you come back and find out like years after I'm done, it was false. <laughs> guy didn't say anything. But he would get you kind of riled up. Um, so, yeah, like, I I don't know. Like, I guess if I'm looking from, like, a Drew Timmy standpoint, if I went into that game, I'd be like, all right, I got to try to get to 25 as quickly as I can. Not in a selfish <laughs> way, but yeah. we should be off the floor with 12 minutes to go. That's kind of what it has been in the past. But credited Northern Illinois. I mean, that uh, the Williams kid or whatever. That was, he was good. He was really good. And then the other kid, uh, Crump, had 20. You know what I'm saying? So, like, played hard and they ran stuff. You know what I'm saying? We've seen a lot of teams that have been in that 300 level, 250 and above that kind of just play dead. I always respect uh, teams that come in and at least try to run something and play with a little bit of spark. Um, so they did that. And, frankly, this team this year is not uh, – we're not like a Mike Tyson punch yeah. knockout type of team. We're a we'll, we can beat you obviously, and we can win by twenty five. We can win by twenty, but we're we can't go on a nineteen zero run like we have in the past. Yeah. Well, I don't think they they they're getting better defensively, but they don't have the ability to create steals and get easy buckets yeah. like other teams in the past. Hunter Salas is becoming one of the best defensive players in the country on the mm-hmm. perimeter, from what I've seen, but. You know, the solid defense from, you know, man, you ball, score over me. Yeah. That's pretty much what everybody else is. Yeah. And so you don't have that spurtability of being able to get that, like you mentioned, a 19 0 run. Yeah. But with that, do you find yourself when you're watching these games, like, you, 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 there's times the offense looks clunky, but then you look up and they still shoot 55% from yeah. the field. They're still like top five in, in Ken Palm offensive efficiency. efficiency yeah what is it or can you even put your finger on anything right now? Because I'm looking at a lot of different things and I can't put my finger on one specific thing. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's like I said, we're good. Obviously um, the uh, analytic side of it says we are, and that's, that's very important because you know, when you go into seating, obviously you know this, but they look at Ken Palm and all that stuff. Um, I just don't think we have like a, like a Corey Kisper that can make eight threes in a game. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean like Rashier can't do that. You get what I'm saying? It's not a knock or even Julian, but like um, we just, I guess, up from the perimeter aspect, we don't have a guy that just can go off. So maybe that's why. I don't know, man. Like it's not. I don't think the offense is broken. That's what's so weird by even <laughs> yeah. talking about this. It's yeah. like, well, we're still scoring in the 80s, yeah. and we're shooting around. I think the last time I looked was like 50 to 51%. And then I think at 35 to 36 from three, it's like, what else do we want? Well, I think it's part of the thing where like, we've okay. gotten spoiled for so long. I know. But so that's the point. Like we can't, we can't be prisoners of our own success. We can't, you know, knock this team just because they're, 
you know, not shooting at a 55% clip and almost 40 and shooting 80 from the line or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So like, we're still in the eighties. We still, um, can score the basketball. It's just, I mean, it's just not as prolific as the years past, but also I'm like, if you look at a lot of programs, they would cut their arm off to have the numbers that we have and <laughs> yes. win games. So like, I just hate going through They're Like, well, it's, you know, Snow, you know, Julian Strother's not as good as Corey Kispert right now, so that's why, you know what I mean? Because I feel like I'm knocking players for no reason. Yeah, but and and that is difficult, and I don't like to knock players for any particular reason. You've seen growth, or I've seen growth yeah. in Julian's game each year. Yeah, but people are remembering Corey Kispert down the stretch of his senior year when he was on All American. Mm-hmm. They're not remembering his freshman sophomore year when he was scratching trying to get minutes, yeah. and he couldn't make a pick and roll read. There's progressions, and and I just think there's so many players in new roles and responsibilities that they haven't all gelled yet. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, there's especially on the perimeter, there's guys that you know played last year, but then play as bigger, you know, meaningful minutes or roles. Um, you know, and Malachi's new, obviously. Um, Rashir has played good at times, and he's just struggling to make shots right now. He's you know, which is understandable. Everybody goes through those lulls, so you just got to figure out a way to. Um, either get to the free throw line, just make shots. I mean, that's really what it is. And then I think for Julian, um, he's better when he shoots at least 12 times a game. I, there's some nights when he shoots like five or six, and I'm always just shaking my head. It's not a knock on him. He lets the game come to him. I'm like, man, you should be a little bit more selfish. Like the other night he was 7 of 14, had 18. It was great. You know what I'm saying? Like last night I think he took, what, four field goal attempts, if my memory serves. Yeah, he was – I don't want to say four. hesitant, but he, he was kind of Pedestrian. he wasn't searching. But my point is like it's not a knock. It's it, it, the knock comes from you need to be more selfish in a good way. And so, um, you know, if you if you take into account, you know, new guys on the perimeter, Nolan Hickman's one of them. Obviously, Andrew Nemhard played. How many minutes did Andrew play last year? Thirty-seven. And yeah. it was like I don't even want to take him out. It was, it was like when you and I our last years there were like, I'm only taking you out so you can like get a drink of water and then you're coming right back Even in sandwiched around a media timeout to get a little bit more time. Exactly. So, um, you know, I think the quote unquote discrepancies offensively are from guys that are, haven't played as many, as many meaningful roles as last year. But again, I think we're splitting hairs here when we're talking about a top five team and efficiency. And so like, what are we comparing him to the team? Like, it's like, well, okay. So <laughs> yeah. I think at some point we have to be like, well, they're still scoring the basketball just because we're not. And then also like, here's the point that I like to bring up too. is like, well, doesn't everybody get tired of watching 40 point blowouts? Like, it's kind of fun when it's, we're up. 15 and the game's still in balance yeah i know for, I mean, for our win, tv but side we, it gives us something else to talk about yeah we don't like search back the record books and start telling stories where unfortunately sometimes we can get off on a different tangent with you it's probably a little different because you know huddy drives the the narrative on the on the game yeah but you still in a blowout you have a chance to kind of go off on different ideas right yeah no i yeah there's times we i we go multiple possessions and we don't even talk about the game or we just said the Gonzaga scored, you know, we're just talking because it's, you know, 45 point blowout. And that happens a lot in the West Coast Conference, especially, you know, recently, recent years. So I don't know, like, I don't think there's a problem with the offense. I don't think there's, um, you know, guys that don't have the ability to make it better. Um, I don't know, because I feel uncomfortable even. It's not that I don't want to knock guys because I, 
they're 18 to 22 year old kids. I don't give a shit what they think about me. Yeah. Right. But it's like, if you really look at their numbers, it's pretty good. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? You see the point I'm trying to make? It's like, for sure. I, I'm like, well, it's not like we're scoring in the 65s and can't make a shot and we're shooting 42%. There's a lot of teams that are like that. Then we could be like, these guys shouldn't have worked, should have worked in the summer and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, they're still top five and they get good shots and they make most of them. So to transition to more of a, a positive outlook, you know, for me, I think the two biggest kind of jumps in progression from game one to game 11 is Hunter Salas and Ben Gregg. I mean, those yeah. to me are the obvious ones, obvious ones. Is that what you're seeing? And, and if, if you agree or disagree, what is it about those two or somebody else that well, you like? I think, I think, Hunter's done an excellent job of finding his role and his niche on this team as far as being, <clears throat> excuse me, being a defensive guy. We knew that coming in. He's actually not a bad jump shooter. He just doesn't shoot a bunch. But, the, you know, for the most part, they've been going in. And you can tell that he's worked on it. I mean, he was three for three the other night. Um, knocked down a three against, I think that was UW game. And then he had that big stretch where he blocked a shot, saves it, goes down, does a Euro and one, or a Euro in transition. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's finding a role that, that Coach Few likes and needs. Um, you know, I think he has an opportunity to, to gain more minutes, um, especially if like a Malachi doesn't play good or whatever, or Rashir's struggling. Um, so yeah, he's made a, a, a big jump as far as imprint on the game, if that makes sense. Like sometimes his numbers don't jump out at you, but like if you watch the game live and you're there, like when he's in, you're like, yep, yeah, the, the the energy, the level. Um, the pr- productivity of the team went up like a mm-hmm. plus minus thing. And then, yeah, obviously Ben Gregg has done great um, finding that third big role. I mean, he was kind of buried in that, you know, to, to explain to the listeners, there's always three bigs that play at Gonzaga. It wasn't always that way. Not when you played, probably it wasn't yeah. when I played. Yeah. But now they play three bigs, and I think it's the right style to do. I do it in my coaching I know at a way lesser level, but I play three bigs kind of the same amount of time. You know, the quote-unquote a little bit better ones play a little bit more, but you're all kind of – you don't have to worry about foul trouble. Mm-hmm. You can do different matchups. You can do different things defensively. Um, it just gives you so many options. So my point is that third big option was waiting for somebody to take either Efton or Ben Gregg, and Ben Gregg's done a good job of uh, kind of grabbing that role. You know, and that third big plays 12 to 20 minutes a night, usually mm-hmm. around in the 16s. But if you play good, you might stay on the floor. But like I said, it allows you to not always be paralyzed with foul pressure – um, you know, obviously ben, Ben's a pick and pop guy, so it gives you a different look. Um, you know, uh, Anton's played great this season. Sometimes he gets in foul trouble just because of the things that um, do defensively. So you can, you know what I mean? But he can still do those things without, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, those two guys have made, uh, great improvements. I thought Nolan's played pretty good for stretches this year and we'll see about the rest of the guys. Yeah. I think sitting courtside, one of the, the biggest things that I see with Ben Gregg is, Early in the season, his energy was resulting in fouls yeah. where he was like a split second late with his decision, and then he still went for it and would get an over-the-back foul yeah. or, or late on a hedge. Now it's like his mind is starting to cup, cu- catch up with his energy level. Yeah. And so it's it's all happening at the right time, so that's good to see. And then Hunter, defensively, he's one of those guys, me as a ball handler who would bring it up, I wouldn't want to deal with him because some guys just have that like length to them. Mm-hmm. And they kind of bait you into going in a certain way, and they're just waiting with that that inside hand on that cross. Yep. And his length, his anticipation, he's going to get a lot of guys this year on that. Yeah. So No, he's been fantastic. Well, great. There you have it. Episode 
covering a little bit of the Huskies, both UW and Northern Illinois. We're going to be right back where we talk about the big return matchup with a top five team, Alabama, this weekend. For Adam Morrison, Dan Dickow, this is Gonzaga Nation SI.